welcome to The Upshot, a podcast for dads who try. For dads who are thinking about their legacy and don't want to miss out on all that fatherhood has to offer. I'm Kyle. I'll be joined by my good friend Shane, and we're excited to jump into today's conversation. You want to share a dad moment? You want me to? No, I want you to go first. I don't feel like my dad moment's very uh, very good this, this month. Okay, so I have, a, I have two. You tell me which one you like better. Okay. Okay, so... Uh, two weeks ago, or a week ago, um, uh, we had some friends, come, friend, family friends come over to the house yeah. and uh, spend the weekend with us. So um, this is one of my like best friends from high school, his wife. We actually like grew up together, too. And um, they brought two of their older boys. So there's, there's our family, the two- and four-year-old. There's their family. They're here. Um, and uh, Saturday afternoon... Uh, Jess takes Maggie, our oldest, and then Katie takes their two kids. And Luke and I hang back at our house with, um, with Lucy. And so the group of them, they go out to go watch Disney on ice and they're going to go have fun and everyone's dressed up and Maggie's like obsessed about seeing real Elsa. Right. And so all this stuff. Aren't we all? Yeah. And, um, I'm not, but that's okay. (laughs) Um, so then, uh, you know, Luke and I were like, maybe we can get like a, some rest time in a nap. We'd, we'd been busy that morning mm-hmm. and, uh, Lucy, it was like three o'clock. So it was like, it's a little late for a nap time for her, but we'll put her down. But before we, uh, Jess had left, she put Maggie in her like Elsa dress to go to this Disney on ice thing. Yeah. She put Lucy in her princess dress, um, just cause she didn't want to get left out. So she's wearing this dress and, um, Luke is helping me out, like, put her down in the crib. Um, like we're just tag teaming this thing. It was great. And puts her down, closes the door. She's fine. She never really went to sleep. She's like, um, just playing in the dark. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I was cleaning up from the morning and I don't know, 30 minutes later, I'm trying to rest. And, uh, all I hear is just her yelling, poo, poo, poo poo <laughs> just over and over and I'm like golly like you're supposed to be like I was hoping for a little bit longer than 30 minutes so I'm like okay well I was taking a bath that's what I was, I was taking a bath during yeah. this time yeah. so I had to get out of the bath I'm glad you confessed soaking that. <laughs> yeah and I was soaking in the bath I get out and um run upstairs and poo poo well I go in there and she's like I turn the light on. I couldn't tell what she's doing. I turn the light on. She's, she's like on all f- hanging out like hands and knees. And here is her. Di- she had taken her diaper off with a, a poop, poo diaper off. Yeah. And it's just sprawled out in her bed and poop smears everywhere. And she's just like looking at this thing. Poo, poo, poo. And, you know, and I'm like, how did that happen? Yeah. This has never happened to us before. Well, Jess didn't put like shorts on her. Mm. She's not used to just having like a diaper in, in her. She'll take it off. Yeah, yeah. And so um, that was a fun lesson learned to, and I didn't put her down. So I didn't notice, you know, there was no shorts. So we all got to clean up a poo poo diaper um, all, all afternoon. And she was, she was having a blast. So were you, you uh, were you a good dad and the first thing you did was grab your phone and take pictures? Because <laughs> that should have been done before you did uh, anything else. There might have been. Maybe some. I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember. Those um, are ones you definitely share on her wedding day. Just like, goodness gracious. It was gross. Oh, I can't imagine. Gross. Did you handle it well? 
Yeah, but I mean, I laughed and okay. So no she freaking was out. Like, she was a little traumatized by it. Like, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure, you were. A this little is traumatized not normal. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, well, yeah. I guess nap time's <laughs> over. <laughs> Rest time is over for everybody. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Um, like do something it. else. Yeah. So that was one of them. Yeah. The other one was uh, Maggie had turned four this this last week. Wow. And um, we she is a pro on her balance bike. Um, she's really good at it. So I was like, well, let's get her a real bike. And no training wheels. Like she's just she's just gonna it's gonna click just yeah. really easy. And uh, so we do this. She wakes up six forty five. She knows it's her birthday. And I'm like, do you want your surprise? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? She's what's it look like? What's it look like? This was, yeah. Her way of asking. I'm like, well, I can't tell you, but let's come check it out. So she sees her bike. She gets dressed. She wants to go outside. She wants to ride her bike. It's 7 a.m. I'm already dressed and ready to go to work for the day. Like, took a shower. Already worked out. Taking a shower. I'm dressed and ready to go. 7 a.m. It's 65 degrees outside, but the humidity's got to be like 90%. Mm. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. Well, she's horrible at riding. She cannot ride this bike yet. She's got a long way to go. Um, so that was a little humbling for me. But yeah. um, I'm doing like the crouch bend over jog next to her, trying to keep her up while she's trying to figure out how to pedal, yeah. steer. And she's determined to go around the block. She's having the time of her life. My back killed me. We got back to the house. Jess was like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and my my gray shirt was like just completely drenched. drenched. I was soaked head to toe. I'm like, why did I? You know, 45 minutes, I just took a shower. But it was it was a really fun, uh, like, morning to remember. Like, yeah, you know, she's turning four. This is a fun moment that yeah. I won't forget it. She, I don't know if she will or not, but... Um, yeah, and then the rest of the day, like I changed clothes, but I couldn't take another shower, so yeah. I was like sticky and smelly all day. Yeah. But it was like, hey, no, it was worth it. I love it. You know, so <coughs> those that, were those were fun fun moments this last couple of weeks. I, there are there are a few moments that are as um, valuable as watching your children learn to ride a bike, especially when you get to like hold the handlebars and then you hold the seat as they're going, and you just watch them go off on their own, and they trust you enough to get on that bike while you hold the back of the seat and you say, you've got this and they're wobbling down the road. Mm -hmm. But then once they get going and you're like, those are moments that you don't want to miss as a father. And they're yeah. some of the best moments. <clears throat> I was trying to think of a good dad moment this, this month. Um, and your bike story actually reminded me of uh, a moment I had with Lander this just yesterday. Um, him and I were running errands together. No, this was Saturday. Um, and we went to the, the home Depot, Kid workshop. Have you ever done one of those with your kids? I've seen those. We haven't done them. They're fantastic. Home Depot does such a fantastic job. Um, they're not sponsoring this podcast. Just want to put that out there. But if you're a dad and you have kids that are 10 and under, um, man, go sign up for the monthly Home Depot workshop with your kids. They provide you with little kits and yeah. all the supplies you need to go in there and build a kid-friendly project. project. Like boys this one or was, girls. Boys or girls. Like yeah. this one was a little flower pot that you could build thinking that the boys or your daughters would give them to mom for Mother's Day. And it's fantastic. So me and Lander went to Home Depot, hammering nails, putting together wood, painting this little uh, flower pot for mom. But mm -hmm. on the way to Home Depot, um, Lander just made this random comment where he said, hey, Dad, I don't think I'm going to ride my bike anymore to, to go see if my friend wants to play. Um, and he lives just down the road from us. It was just like, you know, sometimes your kids just have these random comments. And th this is why it's so important to be present because... There's there's a why behind yeah. 
the comment yeah. and it takes a while to sometimes figure this out. So I was like, what do you mean? You don't want to ride your bike anymore to go get your friend. I thought you loved your bike. And we got this brand new bike for Christmas. He's like, well, there's, I've, I've, I've discovered jumping spiders on the bike. And I, I was unpacking this more because I didn't understand what he was talking about. Well, we keep the bikes kind of in, um, we live out in a little bit of property. And so it's in this big metal garage and sure there's spiders everywhere. And so we were talking about, I think every little boy thinks any spider will kill them if, uh -huh. if he gets bitten by the spider. And so because he's discovered spiders on his bike, he doesn't want to ride his bike. So we got into a conversation on, on how you get rid of the spider. So yeah. I was teaching him how to like, you know, just bang the bike up and down. I showed him once we got home, like, hey, if you just, when you take your bike out, just bang it. And sure enough, we banged his bike and a couple of spiders fell out and yeah. ran away. <laughs> and he was just, he was just thrilled by, oh yeah, this will work. And so um, we had this moment of connection with my, with my son, teaching him how to bang spiders off of his bike. That's um, funny. But then it, it reminded me of a, of a parent fail, which is a fantastic story. Another spider story. Um, if you haven't had any of those, those, those are great. So we were... I think at this time, I can't remember how many kids we had, but we were driving the van somewhere, and we our our boy sat two and two in the van, okay. um, and Matthew was in his his car seat, and Matthew's like, so he's pretty young, um, and he's a daydreamer. He just loves the world all around him, and he looks up in his 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 car seat, and he sees a spider on the ceiling of the van, just a little spider, and he's like, Mom, Dad, there's a spider totally normal like he's not freaking out at all i'm like look at that kid the spider doesn't scare him jonah's sitting behind him and jonah is our oldest boy and so at the time jonah was the kid that knew everything and he okay. loved to share facts with everybody else and jonah looked at the spider and he said to lander or to, to matthew matthew that's a crab spider and if it bites you you will die <laughs> And Elaine and I are in the front seats and we watch Matthew's face go from like sheer joy to I'm about to die. And he starts crying, frantically trying to get out of his car seat while we're trying. And me and my wife being the best parents that we possibly are. Instead of like calming the situation down, we start yelling at Jonah. <laughs> so here's this car situation where mom and dad are yelling at Jonah. Like, what were you thinking? Matthew's screaming in his, his seat because he thinks him. he's about to die while we're yelling at Jonah. And the other kids are just like sitting there enjoying this, this parent fail moment that uh, we're having in the car. Yep. But I mean, I wish I could have recorded that whole experience watching Matthew's face when Jonah said that is a crab spider and if it bites you you will die <laughs> it's one of those moments mm. so well clearly yeah it stuck with you how long ago was that oh this was at least 10 years 10 years ago. yeah probably more than that because Matthew probably was yeah four so that would have been 12 that's pretty cool 12 years ago I mean, it's pretty cool that you can remember like the facial expression oh the gosh. feeling that you were going through the but it's crazy how just in life you just never know when those parenting and those dad moments will pop up and you just have to be ready for anything, yeah. whether, it's, whether it's Kyle in the bubble bath, <laughs> <laughs> hearing his daughter scream poopy. There's a whole story. Yeah, that's fine. Or yeah. crab spiders about to bite you. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Yeah, you got to be ready. That's, I feel like that's true. Yeah. You were... Um, well, I'm trying not to think about spiders now. Yeah. Don't I ran worry. up on a tarantula this week and, and caught some pictures. I'm like, what? Never seen one of those here in the wild. Tarantulas are your friend. I know. Well, it's fine. Yeah, um, they get a bad rap because they're not the cutest things in the world. <clears throat> yeah. Um, 
And then I got to thinking about like I had a snake in my dream last night that I get bit by a snake and this oh. whole thing. But instead of going into like interpreting my dream for me right now, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, before we started recording today, Shane, and, and a little bit last week, I think you were sharing with me about an article that I think it'd be helpful for us to just like hear some of your thoughts around. Like you read this article, you're, it's, you've been thinking about it. Sure, would love to like hear what your thoughts have what it was the article what were you thinking about and um and then i would love to for us to just kind of unpack that idea yeah in a conversation because i think it can help serve some of the guys or dads who are listening to us sure i think this there's been a variety of articles that have come out talking about um the loneliness epidemic that we face today and this was uh uh the u.s surgeon general i think his name's dr murthy Dr. Vivek Murthy, we'll call him Dr. V, because um, th- I'm pretty sure I'm butchering his name. Um, but he just talked about how bad this epidemic is. I-, I think one thing he said was that 50% of adults at any given moment are experiencing on levels of loneliness. Um, and I think companies like Cigna have done some surveys to, to look at the medical consequences and effects of loneliness and I think they've related it to if you're experiencing unhealthy levels of loneliness it's like smoking 15 cigarettes a day Mm. and so if you just think about 50% of adults are practically smoking 15 Mm -hmm. cigarettes a day Um, some of the other Mm -hmm. things he talked about was uh, loneliness unhealthy levels of loneliness Increases the risk of heart disease by 29%, 32% increase in risk of stroke, 50% increase risk of developing dementia. Think about that. Wow. And then uh, lacking social connection increases risk of premature death by more than 60%. Wow. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like they said, um, the Surgeon General was talking about how like this epidemic, the the consequences that it has on our health is worse than obesity and drug addiction, Hmm. which is crazy to think about. And it's like a sleeper epidemic. Yeah. Nobody, I mean, we've heard about it a little bit, but not, I haven't heard that, those kinds of numbers. Yeah. I mean, that kind of an impact to it. Yeah. I think if we, if we experienced life walking around, seeing people smoke 15 cigarettes a day, we'd be like, okay, this is a major problem problem. that we we all need to do something about. Like, do they know what's, what, what the consequences of doing that Mm -hmm. could cause to them, you know, to their families, to their children, but we don't necessarily see Mm -hmm. the same um, effects to isolation and loneliness. So how do they measure that? How how does they, did they talk about in the study how they measured loneliness that's a great question i don't know the answer to it okay i was just looking at all the stats from it but they did also yeah. say that 50 percent of men so if you know either you or me reported having zero friends they felt comfortable discussing zero uh zero matters with or serious matters with i'm sorry let me say it again 50 percent of men reported having zero friends they felt comfortable discussing serious matters with yeah so half of american men have no one that they can talk about serious things with yeah so that's Inter- well, the number is a lot more than I thought of half. Yeah. Maybe. Um, but I'm wondering now, okay, so it sounds like that's a way that they're measuring loneliness of 
do I have somebody in my life that I can mm. talk to about a serious matter? And that's all pretty vague, but I think that's something worth exploring a little bit. Cause sure. I, was, I was thinking about this too, you know, cause you shared a little bit about it last week. And so, um, it just kind of got me thinking about my own journey a little bit here of like, when have I felt lonely mm-hmm. or isolated? And, um, and then what was that like? And, uh, I don't know. It, w- it wasn't that long ago. I would yeah. say in the last two years, I've, I've been in some places where it feels very lonely and not that there's not people in my life that I don't know or enjoy being around or can have a conversation with, but it, but it really was, I think I felt, you know, you know, we were connected to our neighbors. I had mm-hmm. people I could call if I needed help. You know, I've got family, I've got good relationships with my parents that, um, you know, they've always shown up for me, but you know, it's like, it's by all, from, from an outside perspective, a very healthy relationship, right? With yeah. my parents, with my, I have siblings, I've got, um, you know, I'm married and yet in the, you know, and I have friends We're we've been somewhat involved in like different churches at the time, um, opportunities but and yet i i still remember a time where i was looking is less than two years ago looking in the mirror and feeling like who are you who am i yeah i felt like a fraud for other reasons and nobody really knows me yeah and yeah i feel alone and and yet i've got a thousand contacts in my phone you are more connected than you've ever been to people but yet You've never been more alone. Thousands of friends on Facebook, followers on Instagram, real people's names, phone numbers, access to more people than I could ever even access, like in their pocket. Like I could call them right now and talk. Hmm. And yet I would, it doesn't matter. It didn't matter. Well, I do wonder how many people don't know what they don't know. Meaning like I'm, it took me a while to recognize, and I think, you know, you as well, that I, I was experiencing loneliness and isolation. I mean, if you grew up in a world where that was the standard operating mm-hmm. process, like, how would you know you were lonely and isolated if that's all you've ever experienced? I mean, I think, because like, mm-hmm. we're so disconnected today mm-hmm. in our world that I think there's a lot of people, and I've experienced it at times, where you don't even know what you're missing, because you don't know what what true connection looks like, hmm. what authentic community looks like. Like I, if I've never tasted ice cream before, I don't know what I'm missing, right? Mm-hmm. Cause I've never tasted it. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder how they do these studies when I think there's a good portion of society that they isolation and loneliness is just normal hmm. and they don't know what they're missing. Well, they may not know what they're missing, but they, I think, but I wonder, do they not, do people still just feel off or feel like they're missing? I think so, because you kind of experienced that, right? That yeah. when you looked in the mirror and said, what's, there's something, there's something's not right. Yeah. And well, and I, I knew it. Like I knew, it, like it was this idea of like I'm hiding oh, or yeah. I'm, I can't trust people yeah. or if people really knew who I was then like, well. Yeah. Then, then my life would come crashing down or to some degree. Right. We talk about putting on a mask. Like when I, when I leave home or even with our spouses, sometimes like we, we feel like 
I have to show people someone that they want me to be, or I think they want me to be, yeah. or I have to be someone that I think I should be yeah. because I'm not comfortable with who I really am. Yeah. I mean, or I don't know who I am. Yeah. 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 Totally. So what, so what is the, and I, I don't necessarily know the right answer to this question, but what's the, what's the opposite of isolation and loneliness? How would you describe that? Well, I think even like in that study, it's like, do I have people, do I have connection? Mm. Do I have relationships or people where I don't experience that feeling of like, I have to protect myself or protect them from knowing who I really am? Mm -hmm. um, it, do I have, you know, and I don't even think it means like every relationship that I have has to be this sure. very transparent. Yeah, because that sounds intimate, terrible. <laughs> vulnerable. No, exhausting. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think um, going from zero in life that where I feel fully known mm -hmm. to one or two, yeah. three people, right? Um, I think guys and dads, in, in a lot of ways, I think we deal with this in our marriages, Mm -hmm. too right you get caught in having to you know we're so focused on we got to raise our kids we've got to provide for our we've talked about this provide yes. for our family we have to ensure that the home is you know there's all of these roles and responsibilities we have to ensure are taken care of and in the middle of all of that you're trying to partner with a spouse in that and mm -hmm. you know it gets pretty complex to to figure out how to um, be vulnerable with, with your, with my wife yeah. about how I'm feeling in the midst of all of this, yeah. you know, and I have conversations, I had three or four last week with guys in the middle of that in some way, right. Of how to even become known in their marriages, mm. um, because it's so busy because they're so mm. busy because they're so like they're, they're being pulled in three or four different directions because of work and kids and other you know commitments and um yeah it's just hard man yeah it is hard yeah um so yeah so so to that end i think about the stats you just read off like okay so the more i think about it the less i'm surprised mm. i think um because we're so we're so busy mm -hmm. and i think loneliness is also a, an outcome of just our busyness we're, we're so yeah. distracted, I think, from even an awareness of how lonely I am. Because yeah. I can feel it in a moment, and then I can, I can numb that feeling pretty quickly by yeah. using any sort of <laughs> vice or yeah. mechanism to, to do that. And I think, can we trust people? Mm -hmm. like I th you know, all of us have been disappointed by someone. And disappointment hurts and disappointment's hard to, yeah. to overcome. And we slowly over time, as people continually disappoint us, cause it happens, people are, no one's perfect. Mm -hmm. And over time we, we, we move to a place where we, we feel like we have to self protect and, um, it's difficult to, um, get to a place where we can trust someone enough to be vulnerable with them. And part of it is distractions. Part of it is the busyness. Part of yeah. it is, can we trust someone? And part of it is, we don't really know who yeah. we really are. Yeah. And it's scary to think about. And I know you and I have both kind of walked that journey a little bit. Yeah. 
I mean, I think about like my wife and I, we, we had a long distance relationship, you know, I've me from Canada, her from Texas. Um, when we got married, we moved to Canada and during our first year of marriage, it was probably the hardest year of our life. And I think my wife would say so too. And, and part of it was because we as a couple were isolated. So I moved my, 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 my Texas wife to Canada while I finished school and she didn't know anyone. Now we were plugged into a church. This was the crazy thing. We would show up to church Sunday morning, sit in a row. And we would wear our, mm-hmm. our, our masks that said we had everything together and we would go home and we would, we would literally fight hmm. from Sunday afternoon to Saturday night and get up Sunday morning, go to church, hmm. put on our smiles, sing the songs, listen to a great message and go home and rinse and repeat. And we were, we were, we were two very lonely people that didn't know where to turn because we didn't know who to trust. Hmm. And it wasn't until we experienced a group of people that showed us that we could share the worst about us and they didn't flinch. And they actually respected us more for sharing the worst about us. Mm-hmm. And, and they wanted us to flourish. And it wasn't until that moment that I realized I was missing something. And this is what I was missing was, was true community. Mm-hmm. People that, and I think part of that is like people who want you to be your real self. Yeah. And won't flinch when our brokenness comes out. Well, and to some degree, probably patiently wait mm. for the brokenness to come out. Yeah. Like you can, you can show up and they're, they're not going to guilt you or shame you. Like they're not going to pry at you. Like, where's your baggage at? Yeah. But they're waiting for it because they know that it's there. Yeah. And when the time is right, then it's they're Then they're ready for it. Or the message that they're not communicating is you need to get your act together before we will accept and approve of you. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, our first marriage, our first year of marriage too was your first marriage. My first marriage. (laughs) In my first marriage, the first year was hard. (laughs) Um, And uh, we didn't move to Canada. It wasn't like a cross country thing, but uh, it was a similar experience. Um, But even recently, like bringing it back to like fatherhood, we, you know, when our second child was born, Lucy, and she had colic, and uh, we weren't really connected at a church at the time. We had been transitioning work and churches and um, really debating, struggling with where do we need to, like, put our family? Like, where are we going to put in roots, dig yeah. in at? And uh, here we are with a new baby, and we're doing it by ourselves. And our, you know, uh, it was uh, simultaneously, we had the baby during the middle of the, the apocalyptic ice storm here in Austin. And... Uh, you know, so it's all of these things happening to us. And in through six months of living in just a constant state of stress, tension, sh- screaming, colicky kid yeah. with a toddler and um, work and whatever, it, it, it really tightened the screws on us to realize like we, this is not okay. We cannot keep living this way, nor is this the, the way we want to raise our, our kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and the lonely, it was just like, you know, I never, it wasn't, it wasn't her fault, Lucy's fault. You know, it was definitely like we were unprepared. Yeah. We did not prepare well to bring this child into the world. And it wasn't something I could just go to the store and fix real quick. Yeah. I couldn't just go pick up some friends from the store as much as I wanted to. Um, and then that, that really led 
that was the kind of the catalyst that led me, uh, you know, for the next six months or mm-hmm. longer, Jess and I both down this road of like, we are not okay. We've yeah. got to get help. We've got to find people who can walk with us who, when our kids are sick or when we are trying to talk to them about big life matters, like there's like the physical caring for our family. There's like our home was in the state of disrepair and we can't do this by ourselves. There's the, um, you know, just the feeling of meaning and purpose in our lives. Who's going to walk with us as we figure this stuff out. And it was, you know, and much less as we raise our children in matters of, of, of like teaching them values and faith and whatever, we can't do this by ourselves. Yeah. And yeah, six months later that there I am staring in the mirror and it's like, I'm not okay. Yeah. And I'm alone. Yeah. What am I going to do? You know? And so, um, so what do you like? What, what do you do? What, yeah. That's the question. Like, I know that there's probably guys listening. We've all been there where it's like, I think they can relate to what we're saying. Mm-hmm. All men experience some form of isolation and loneliness at some moment in their life. But what do they do? Like, it's not like you can pick up the phone and dial 1-800. I need a friend. Um, how do you how do you find community and connection? That's life giving. Yeah, it's transformational. How do you build that community around you? Yeah. You're like you wanted to ask me that question. And I did want to ask you, that, you question. that question. Well, I can tell my story, and it may work for some people. It may be weird. I don't know. But um, well, you take bubble baths, <laughs> so we got weird out of the way early on. <laughs> There's a whole story behind the bubble. That's the only <laughs> bubble bath I've taken in years. Um, Jeez. Uh, I, I would, for, so my story was like this, this moment of, yeah, I'm not okay. Turn to, um, it's not just this that I'm not okay with. Like this was a whole, my, my whole, I'm not okay my whole life. Like there's, there's three or four things here that I'm not okay with. And it was like, you know, I'm taking path of least resistance, like mentally, emotionally, physically, I am just kind of feeling like I'm wasting away. I'm, and then I'm numbing or being busy or distracted. So it was like, I have to recircuit hmm. or rewire everything. So that just launched me into, uh, you know, how I'm going to take, how am I going to start taking care of myself? And so that start easy stuff was like, okay, I'm going to start working out. Then it was, uh, I'm going to start working on some sort of investment mentally, emotionally. Hmm. So, what am I putting into me? Like, what am I reading or listening to? How am I processing that? How am I like, you know, and then there was like a prayer meditation element of an awareness of where's God in all of this. And then an invitation to be like, I I need help. And it started there. It started in like my prayers, like God, I need help. Yeah. (laughs) And I need people. Yeah. And I remember, um, I, I could write it. I've written in my journal, like I have, two or three very specific prayers um, in that season of life. And one of them, two, and two or three of those were, I, I need a friend. I need a friend. I need yeah. a person who can know me completely and not flinch. Mm-hmm. And, and I need a mentor. Or I need, I need somebody a little bit further down the road. Yeah. Um, just in life, a, a dad, a father, a business person, somebody that I can learn all aspects of life, somebody that, um, I can, I can look to glean from rest yeah. in. Yep. So there, there was three or four little 
specific. I, I had to get very, very specific with what I was looking for. And it took months. Mm-hmm. But those relationships, ha- and, but because I was looking for it, yeah. and I was praying for it, then I started looking for it. And it's like, I, I really believe this. Like, you find what you look for. Like, we, we find what we look for in some way. And, um, you know, just like for the year before, I, I wanted to numb myself to how lonely I was or I wanted to distract myself from all of these problems I'm experiencing or how this baby screaming, you know, 23 out of 24 hours a day was like, you know, disrupting our lives. Mm-hmm. Like, you figure out a way to numb yourself from all of those things. You figure out a way to, to endure but it doesn't really solve your problem. So um, I, I, f- I found that when I started look being really specific with what I was looking for, i.e. like a relationship, a friendship, yeah, an unflinching friendship, um, you know, I found one. Hmm. And so, yeah, that's my kind of story and recommendation to, yeah, to, to the guy who's feeling, the dad out there who's feeling overwhelmed or like can't trust anybody yeah. or he has a, he has to keep up with, the how he represents himself or reputation or whatever it is like well if you feel alone like there there's a way out yeah yeah it it just means looking in a different place for it yeah and i think sometimes you talked about like the busyness and the distractions that are all around us i think one thing that that i don't do very well and i'm assuming other men don't do very well is just take time to reflect and I would challenge men who are overwhelmed with this idea of where do I start to find community? I would encourage or challenge them to ask the question, what are the obstacles that are in my way? Mm. And some of it could be just, how do I see myself? Um, for example, it took me years to unpack the, the message I received when my parents got divorced and my dad moved out. Because, sure, there's so much complexities that a five-year-old boy couldn't understand. Mm. But the message that this five-year-old boy took was, if my dad can walk out on me, and I'm not valuable or worthy enough for him, who am I really valuable and worthy enough for? And so the message that I took into my adulthood that I couldn't put into words was I had to perform in order to prove myself to others. And my value and worth was based on how happy or how much of a help I could be to somebody else. Like I had nothing to offer unless I could do something for somebody else. Does that make sense? And, mm-hmm. and this impacted everything yeah. in my life. The way I approached people. Um, like I never could understand this idea that, that people wanted to be with me just for the sake of being with me. Yeah, Like um, I did not think I had enough value and worth that I had to offer something in order to, to have relationships with people. And this whole idea of um, identity, like we, we've talked about this before. And, you know, a lot of our audience are, are, are men, dads that go to North Point Church. And if, 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 if men are followers of Christ, I want them to really ask the message or ask the question, how does God see me? Mm-hmm. And do they recognize that you don't have to perform to be loved by their heavenly father to to like like god delights in you yeah you are his adopted son and he's crazy about you and for those of our listeners that have no idea what that means like i would challenge them unpack this idea how does god see you period and if they don't know where to start like 
email us, mm-hmm. reach out to us. We'd love to have conversations around that. And um, so I would, long story short, just take some time reflecting on what are the obstacles that are preventing me from maybe even just picking up the phone and calling mm-hmm. that friend that I haven't talked to in a while and just asking them to go out to coffee and let's, let's, let's put some time into developing this relationship because I truly believe that you and, and me and all of the dads that are listening are wired for community and connection. I mean, yep. stats show how bad loneliness and isolation is for our health yep. and for our well-being. Well, and I think um, it's a good place to kind of... So the opposite has to be true, too, well, I would think. So the more connected that I am, mm-hmm. the more known that I am, the healthier... So, like, we get to experience not just, like, um, I get to live the right amount of time, but I'm, 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 assume, I'm going to make an assumption that the more connected or the more well-known that I am, that, like, the quality of life then, instead of it saying, like, if I'm isolated, then it just sucks. Yeah. <laughs> or it's bad. Yeah. Or it's going to be shortened or whatever, then, like, that perhaps God created us to be connected in a way to experience the fullness yeah. and the health and the longevity or the experience of life that like, I mean, he created us to experience. Yeah. The word that keeps coming to mind is freedom. Yeah. yeah. A freedom to not like a freedom to not try to be someone that I'm not. There is nothing like having a friend that, you know, without a doubt you, you belong, you can trust them yep. and they don't want you to be anyone other than your true self. And if you can experience that, you get to experience freedom. And I want that for everybody that's listening. So that's good. If there's a guy that's listening and it's like, okay, these all, this all sounds great. Like, I think we've, what's next? We've decided to do like a, an upshot dad meetup, right? An invitation. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're around, join us. Yeah. If you're around in the Austin area. Yeah. And want to come hang out. Yeah. Share stories. Connect over, Anything you've heard or, or uh, we've talked about over the last, you know, couple of episodes, we'd love to hear about it. When it, when is the next uh, upshot or when is the next meetup? Well, we're doing an upshot dads meetup on June thirteenth. Okay. Um, and it's going to be at the Good Lot in Cedar Park. Okay. Um, if guys want to learn more, they just have to go to npawesome.com uh, forward slash meetups, or click on that big orange "What's Next" button. Cool. And they can find it through there. And uh, you and I would love to meet them. That's right. And um, I think we just want to create a safe place for dads yep. to get to know one another yep. and recognize that they're not alone in the challenges they face, whether it's um, hearing their daughter yell poopy mm. while in a bubble bath or they're yelling at their kid who just told their brother that they're going to die if they get bitten by a spider. Yep. Like they're not alone. The challenges yep. that they face on a regular basis are challenges that yep. a lot of us dads have faced. Yep. And um, when they show up, have their favorite beverage with us. I want them to know that we won't flinch. Yeah. That's good. And they can share whatever they want and we'd love to get to know them. That's good. And we've got, uh, we also know dads like to do shoulder to shoulder activities together. So we've got a, a cornhole and kolaches meetup coming up on June 10th. So if, if man, if you're out there and you enjoy either one of those things or both those things, come join us. So June 10th or June 13th. Yeah. Whichever one works. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Shane, what was a um, takeaway from today from this conversation? Oh, good question. <laughs> I can't get past bubble baths. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> I just keep I coming back. I feel like back. I owe an explanation uh, behind uh, all of that. I don't know if you can explain mm. that away. And I love how we talk about like creating a safe place for men, exactly. a place where they can be their, their true self. Right and the moment you mention bubble bath, I tear you apart. Yeah. Like, I don't think I'm being a great example to these guys as we talk about community and connection. So maybe my takeaway is Shane. Um, Am I creating a place where Kyle feels safe enough to be his, his true self? Maybe the that's something I need no. to work on. <laughs> my takeaway, I need to learn like uh, more about spiders before my children know uh, what, you know, they start figuring out, trying to identify the different types and yeah. wh- which ones can kill me, kill them or which ones can't so yeah. that I can uh, help mitigate the argument as, as it happens in real time. And just as a parent, just be aware of like how precious every single moment is and those little moments that you don't think are a big deal well, you have yeah. no idea like we you know i took lander to this home depot workshop yeah so we were sitting around a dinner table and i you know i i have this family dynamics where we've got like young adult children and then i have lander who's nine and everything in between actual children yeah. yes yeah. and so we lander was telling the family how we went to do this workshop he was showing everybody the flower pot that he had made and i and then nathan my fourth son who is 15 almost 16 he asked hey did we go to all of those like every single one of those and it was funny because i think we only went to like three together when nathan was was a lot younger but the amount of impact that those moments had on Nathan, he felt like he had gone to every single Home mm. Depot workshop because it was he he meant it as being it was so meaningful, like mm. it really stood out to him. And then I was asking Caleb, who's nineteen, who was also at the table home from college, I'm like, Do you remember going to those Home Depot workshops? And Caleb's like, you know, I don't remember building anything, but what I remember was being there with you. Mm. And just as a dad, like those moments don't seem like they're very significant. Like mm. I'm just getting in the car, driving to Home Depot. Someone is giving us a kit. Yeah. And we just put this crazy thing together with a bunch of other dads and kids. It's a, it's a chaotic mess. Yeah. But we don't know how significant those moments are for our kids. Yeah. So That's cool. Yeah. Well, and you're in a co- cool place where you're still living that with one kid, mm-hmm. but hearing about the impact of it from, from your yeah. other ones. So that's, yeah. that's pretty neat. And it's encouraging to, you know. I was thinking about you actually this week. I know we got to wrap. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Sounds terrible. <laughs> it happens more often. Um, so, but no, you know, a couple of episodes ago, I don't know which one it was, but you were telling me, you know, I was telling you, hey, I'm teaching the girls how to like clean up from dinner. Yeah. And they're taking their plate to the sink and how it's more work for me. I got to yeah. remember to do it. And there's a potential here for this to just go pretty messy and Down it happened quick. this week it happened uh. where lucy had a full plate of food it's taking it jess actually still is, i don't think is convinced that this is a good idea to start doing with him yet <laughs> <laughs> she kind of gets annoyed with me every time i'm like you know i'm, I'm telling them to do it and she's like okay it. we'll do it and uh here comes lucy and then just just drops it just pff, smashes uh like taco like beans and yeah just, it was the probably the messiest plate we could have dropped and um i thought about you in the moment because i'm like okay, hey, what do we do with messes? We get to clean it up. And she got so, she looked at me like, am I in trouble? Yeah. And it was like, no, here's the paper towels and here's the cleaner and let's do this together. Like make sure the dog doesn't get in here. And like, yeah. And it turned out to be this moment where she was like all smiles. Like, okay, oh, I'm going to help clean it up. And then here we go. Let's throw it away and and clean up the mess. And um, it was really, it was, it was a fun, it turned fun. Yeah. And it could have been, my first reaction was like, 
what have I gotten myself into? Pretty angry. Yeah. 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 But I mean, uh, I know that your daughter cannot articulate this. Yeah. But there is, sure, you're teaching her responsibility, how to do chores. Like we as a family unit do these things together. We take care of our house together. And I'll tell you, as a father, there's nothing more rewarding than watching your like eight-year-old boy try to reach up to put his clothes in the washing machine because he's been taught how to do his own clothes. It's, It's fun. And it's exciting. Um, but the message that your daughter was asking indirectly, do I have to perform for my parents mm. and be a certain way? Mm. And what happens when I make mistakes? Yeah. And if, if those moments are so incredibly important as parents to communicate like, or to bestow identity upon our children. Mm. Like you are my daughter and I love you. And it doesn't matter if you make a mistake and that won't change. And we are here to, right. to go through life together. Yep. And those, those experiences, sure, they'll pop up, but they won't pop up as much unless you give your daughters opportunities to do some of these things yeah. where they drop plates full well, of they're food. they're going to. Yeah. yeah and, and they're not, you know, these things probably happen when you're the most tired right after you cleaned up a bunch of poopy, mm. um, you know, it, it, but yet can we be present enough to recognize how transformational these moments are with our kids? It's yeah. good. Dads, thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Upshot. Um, Wherever you are, Kyle and I hope you got something out of it. Know that you're not alone in this journey called fatherhood. And we want to encourage you to hit that like button, subscribe button, or whatever button is in front of you with the technology you're using. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on The Upshot.